with us tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we are uh, beginning a brand new series uh, in the book of Romans, and uh, it, this is lesson one, uh, God's righteousness revealed, amen, and uh, I believe God uh, has a good word for us tonight, amen, praise the Lord. The Word of God is uh, so deep and so rich, and you know, you can read the same passage over and over again over the years, and it's amazing how the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, will illuminate and enlighten you to that same verse, that, uh, things that you never saw before. Amen. It, it's just, there's so many different depths and plateaus in the Word of God. Amen. There's always something more to be gleaned. Amen. I've uh, been experiencing that over more than 30 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's uh, start this off right. Let's start off with uh, uh, a word of prayer. Amen. We'll seek the Lord to, uh, to help us uh, to hear the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you tonight, Lord, that we have uh, health and strength and uh and presence of mind to be able to gather together, uh, Lord, and, and the express of studying your word, uh, the book of Romans, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would work in our minds and our hearts, Lord, to help our minds to be alert and help our hearts to be open to receive the word of God, Lord, that we can profit by it. And we thank you and praise you and bless your name, for you deserve all the glory, all the praise, all the worship. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Praise, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, over the past, it's been over a year now, uh, we've been having these intense uh, Bible studies, and we started out with the book of Genesis. Amen. And, and, and the book of Genesis is a very foundational book. Uh, anybody can glean uh, a lot of good information about, about creation, about the fall of man, about God's plan to redeem fallen man uh, uh, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jason, Jacob, where the bloodline of Christ uh, went through. And, and, and so uh, the book of Genesis is, is a very deep book, and it has a lot of good things about our own human nature uh, revealed out of the book of Genesis. And then we went into the book of Hebrews, and we learned that uh, the book of Hebrews uh, had a target audience of Christian Jews, and uh, who were uh, suffering uh, intense uh, persecution. And we learned how, you know, that uh, the, the basic theme was to stay in the faith. Amen. Stay in the faith. Amen. From, from the book of Hebrews. And now we're going into the book of Romans. Uh, the book of Romans, uh, when we think about the book of Romans, uh, you know, there's a few scriptures that come to mind. Amen. Uh, we might think about Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, that's been drilled in us. Uh, we hear that uh, scripture every few uh, services. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a constant reminder that we are fallen and broken. And we can't do anything without Jesus Christ. We need a Savior. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, you know, I've been saved 33 years ago. Amen. But I still need Jesus today, just like I did back then. And in fact, I need even more because I recognize uh, more so now how broken I really am and how hopeless and lost I am without uh, Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we've heard about Romans 6, 23, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We know that, uh, you know, this sin problem that we have, it has a, an ultimate de demise. Amen. And, and it's not good. That's why we need the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Or you might have heard of Romans 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can somebody say Christ died for me? Christ died for Amen. Me. I know he died for you. But the, the, the greatest realization that you can have is when you realize that Christ died for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
You might have heard of Romans 10 and 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. Or you might, you, you might have heard of Romans 8 and 1. Therefore, there, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's after you get saved. Amen. And you, you made a few mistakes and, and you just you feel like you just can't win for losing. Amen. You, the devil devil has you in his pocket all day long. Amen. Uh, and anybody, anybody ever had a day like that where the devil just, you know, from the get-go, from when you got up, the devil just knocking you in the head all day long. Amen. And you you, you just feel like you're, you're so lost because, you know, you've made so many mistakes in one day. Amen. Hey, but the Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. Amen. We have a redeemer. Amen. We can go back to the cross. We can get a fresh application of the blood of Christ. Amen. We can get renewed again and again and again in Christ. And then uh, maybe uh, you went through a trial and you looked up uh, Romans 8, 28. And uh, the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. Amen. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. There's, there's a lot of comfort in, in, in that. Or you might have been to uh, Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That, that's, that's an encouragement to keep on uh, seeking holiness, to keep on trying to be sanctified. Amen. Letting the Holy Spirit work with you. Letting the Word and the Spirit working together in your heart, mind, and soul make you into somebody else. Amen. I'm not the same man that I used to be. Amen. When I got saved, man, I was a sinner and I liked sinning and I was real good at it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and I had a lot of attitudes and I had a lot of things that were wrong with me, even though I was saved. Amen. But the Holy Spirit and the word of God working together in me has, has done a lot of work. Now, I'm not saying that I'm completed. I'm not saying uh, that, uh, that the inspector has put that final stamp on that uh, construction project, Brother Austin. Amen. Uh, God's still got a lot of work to do. Amen. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm not what I used to be. Praise the Lord. I'm not what I want to be, but praise God, I'm not what I used to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, you might have uh, heard of Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that may be uh, the, the, the parts of Romans that you may have heard over the years. Amen. But I want to tell you that there's a lot more. There is a lot more. There's a lot more nuggets of uh, comfort. There's uh, nuggets of instruction. Uh, there's, a whole lots, there's a whole lot of things. Just a few of the things uh, that we're going to cover is God's righteousness and man's sinfulness. Amen. God is a righteous God. He's a holy God. Amen. He is perfect in all his ways. And we are so far from that. Amen. We are the exact opposite of God. Amen. But there's hope. Amen. There's hope for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we, we learned about man's calamity. Amen. Man's calamity. Amen. We are destined for hell. Amen. Without Jesus Christ. Amen. We were on a, on, on, on a, on a sled going downhill uh, to the mouth of hell. Amen. Before Jesus came along. Praise the Lord. But uh, God has a remedy. God has always had a remedy. Amen. Back in Genesis uh, chapter 3, God gave us that, uh, in, uh, that, that, that remedy. Amen. That uh, the Bible said that, uh, you know, that the, the enemy or the devil would, would uh, bruise his heel, but our Savior would crush his head. Amen. So we, we, we can look in the beginning of the book and see that we have victory. Amen. We look in the back of the book and know that we won. 
Amen. So if you hang in there and you stay in faith, amen, there's, there's nothing that can take you out of the hands of God. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. We also learn in Romans uh, about walking in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Walking in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen. It's not easy to walk in the Spirit. Amen. But, the, but it is possible that we can get better. Amen. We want, we want to reach perfection on this side of glory. Amen. But we can get a lot better. Amen. Praise God. We can get a lot better. And uh, there are also uh, God's plans for Israel are in uh, the book of Romans. You know, I've heard preachers over the years. I've heard individuals over the years say, well, God's through with the Jews. God's replaced the Jews with the church. And if you've read Romans, then, then, then you know that that is not right. That God has a plan for the Jews. In fact, uh, the Gentile church has been grafted in uh, to uh, the Jewish church. Amen. Or the, as the Bible puts it, the commonwealth of Israel. God has a plan for the Jews. Amen. Uh, back in Zechariah, the, the Bible talks about how that they would look upon him whom they have pierced. Amen. And they'll go up to this one that they have pierced. And they, they'll go, come, come uh, you know. Uh, to the face of the, the, the Savior or the Messiah that comes back for Israel. Amen. And they'll say, what, what are those holes in your hands? What are those wounds in your hands? And Jesus will say, these are the wounds I received in the house of my friends. And the Bible says that they would, they, they would weep and mourn because they finally realized that he is the Messiah. Amen. That day is coming. Praise the Lord. So God has a plan for Israel. God has a plan to save all of Israel, all that will believe in him. Praise the Lord. And uh, so there's a lot of good things in the book of Romans. I'm just uh, talking about, uh, this is like a foundational lesson. Uh, this is a setup lesson. Amen. Because uh, there, there is a target audience in the book of Romans. And it's not just uh, Jewish Christians. It's Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. Because uh, back in the A.D. 56, 57, somewhere in there, uh, there was a, a time that there was no Jews in Rome because uh, the, the, the uh, what you call it, uh, the emperor, yeah, <laughs> it's a hard word to think of, <laughs> but the emperor had kicked out all the Jews. And so that left the Jewish, I mean, the Gentiles. Gentile Christians, well, while the Gentile Christians were there, you know, a lot of changes. You know, they started changing stuff up. Can you believe that? that those Gentiles that should come in and change everything. They come in with tattoos and nose rings and, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching against that. I'm, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, uh, from the old ways, you know, it's a lot different. You know, all things in Christ. Amen. But it, it was a different culture than when the Jews had left it, is what I'm trying to get at. And sometimes cultures clash, and sometimes cultures don't get along. Amen. And But you know what? I found out that uh, in the Holy Ghost, uh, God helps cultures to blend. Amen. And I've seen it happen over the years. I've seen it happen in me. Amen. I've seen it happen in others. Praise the Lord. I've seen multiple cultures in one roof get along just fine. Amen. But it takes the power of the Holy Spirit. And Romans covers these things. Amen. So Romans um, is, a, is an exciting book. And when you go step by step through Romans, uh, I believe it will give us all a, a rich, deep, uh, new perspective on, on the church and, and, uh, and how God works in, in us all, uh, especially between cultures and what have you. Amen. We have a video uh, from uh, R.C. Sproul. And uh, the title of it is The Book of Romans and Its Impact on the Church. Down through the years, the, uh, the Book of Romans has impacted a lot of people and uh, inspired the direction of the church, uh, I will say. Uh, so uh, R.C. Sproul will lay that out for us here. Amen. So you can play that anytime. of the impact that it has had in the life of the church. We think, for example, 
of Augustine himself, who had already distinguished himself as an extraordinarily brilliant philosopher, but had equally distinguished himself as a profligate soul who was living a wild and licentious life until, at the beckoning of children, he picked up a book and just let it fall open, and his eyes came upon a text. And as he read this text, his life was turned upside down as God the Holy Spirit used the words of that text to pierce his soul and transform him to the saint that he became. The book that God used to quicken the soul of Augustine was the book of Romans. We remember John Wesley giving his testimony to his powerful conversion experiences. He listened to a sermon at Alder's Gate where during the sermon he said he felt his heart strangely warmed. And the sermon that night was from the book of Romans. When we think of the agonizing struggle of an Augustinian monk in Germany who sought desperately in every corner of the church to find peace and assurance of salvation, something that would soothe his conscience from the assault of the law of God that left him, as it were, hanging suspended by his own testimony over the pit of hell, that this scholar one evening in the tower was preparing lectures And as he was doing research into the lectures that he would give on the morrow, he came to an illumined understanding of the Word of God that would change the course of his life and the course of all church history. When Martin Luther came to a fresh understanding of the book of Romans, he said, when I understood this text, he said, the doors of paradise swung open and I walked through. It was the book of Romans that awakened Luther to the doctrine of justification by faith alone and persuaded him that this was the article upon which the church stands or falls. As a result of that experience, the book of Romans became the central point of theological controversy in the 16th century and became known as the Book of the Reformation. Now, in the Book of Romans, the Apostle Paul gives us his most careful exposition of the gospel itself. The thematic statement of the whole epistle is found in the first chapter when Paul talks about his own conviction of being a debtor both to the Jew and to the Greek, to the learned and to the unlearned, that he had this, that he had this mission to proclaim the gospel to everyone. For in the gospel, which he said was the power of God unto salvation, is revealed the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Not that righteousness by which God himself is internally just and perfect, but that righteousness that is now being made available to those who lack their own righteousness, the righteousness that comes to us as the gift of God as it is given to us from Christ himself. And the apostle says, quoting Habakkuk, for the just shall live by faith. And that's the central motif of Romans. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, our lesson tonight is called God's Righteousness Revealed. What, what is righteousness? Amen. It's the quality. Uh, I looked it up in the dictionary uh, definition. Is It is the quality or state of being morally correct and justifiable. It can be considered synonymous with rightness or being Upright. Amen. That's just simple definition of right, uh, righteousness. But there's like two different kinds of righteousness. There's the righteousness of man and the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Now, all of us probably know a good sinner person. 
He's just a good man. He's a, you know, he, he's just a good man. I mean, he, he treats everybody good. He, he just, he won't go to church. He, he won't confess Christ. He, you know, he, he doesn't believe in anything, but he's just such a good man. Now that's the righteousness of man, but the, that's uh, compared to the righteousness of God. And there's a world of difference. Amen. The righteousness of God, you know, he is perfect. He is holy. He is just. Amen. He sets the standard for being right. Amen. And we can never compare to, to that. Amen. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his righteousness, that God righteousness, amen, is given to us. Amen. It doesn't sound like a fair deal to God, does it? To trade our filthy rags, to trade our sins for his righteousness. That sounds like a very unfair trade. And I don't care if it is. I'm going to take that trade. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I need that trade. Romans 4 and 5 says, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So how do we get the righteousness of God? By faith. By trusting and believing that what the word of God says is what is, is, what is real. Amen. 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 Just to accept God's word. Amen. You can talk, you can talk to a, a two or three year old and get them to believe just about anything. You can, you can tell a toddler there's a boogeyman in that closet and they'll get scared. Or you can tell them there's, a, there's, a, there's ice cream and cake in that closet. And they'll believe it. Yeah. Amen. That's why the kingdom of God uh, needs to be received like a little child. Amen. We, we take God's word as fact. When God tells us something like a two-year-old, we, okay, okay. We just believe it. Amen. When God says you're saved, when God says you're washed, when God says you're purified, when God says you're sanctified, when God says that he has saved you, then believe him. Amen. And then Amen. act like, act like somebody that's saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let me finish this verse out here. Verse 6 says, just as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Amen. We can't work our way to heaven. Amen. There's so many, I don't, I can't tell you how many people I've ran into, you know, they, they have the excuse. Well, you know, I'll start going to church when I get a few things fixed up. When I get some things cleaned up in my life and then I'll start going to church. What they're saying is, you know, as soon as I get good enough uh, to get God, I'll, I'll start coming to church. That day will never happen. You will never get good enough to, to get God. Amen. You get God and then God starts making you good. God, you, get, you get God and he makes you gooder. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And in, in, in the days of old, you know, you, uh, a lot of people will want to clean the fish. Uh, you know, before they had them caught. Amen. And our, our role as a Christian is not to, to fix people up and get them cleaned up. Amen. Yeah. Our role is to get them into the body of Christ and let the Holy Spirit work in them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I've I, I seen so many things over the years. Amen. And probably been guilty of some of it myself. Amen. Of, of trying to clean somebody up and then take them to God. Amen. You know, it doesn't work that way. Amen. We get them the gospel. We, we, we tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit start working. Have patience in people. Amen. I've learned to just bite my lip when, you know, when the new convert, uh, you know, comes off with something, you know, and they don't know yet. Just leave them alone like a little kid. Sometimes they just don't know. Amen. Let them grow in Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I have another uh, video here. Uh, talking about what is the purpose of the book of Romans. We talked about uh, the, the book of Romans impact on like uh, uh, Augustine or you might have heard her say to Augustine or amen and, and Martin Luther. Amen. Uh, it impacted those men's lives. It, it changed the direction of the church. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, but what is the purpose of the book of Romans? So we're, uh, this uh, video will kind of cover that a little bit. Amen.
Romans, um, the great letter of the Apostle Paul, and summarized in chapter 1 and verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Um, This book is the systematic laying out of the gospel and how it applies to life. And therefore, if there is one book in the New Testament to study, uh, to grasp the big picture of the doctrine of the gospel and then its application to our lives, this is that book. It is absolutely marvelous. It begins in chapter 1 and chapter 2 with the, the problem. What is the problem that is addressed by the gospel? need to start there. Chapter 1 and verse 18, it's the wrath of God that is being poured out because we are sinners. And in chapter 1, 2 and 3, uh, Paul demonstrates why we are sinners, what that actually means. Um, Our powerlessness to change our own condition and uh, our own inability to keep the law of God, which we're called to. And then at the end of chapter 3, we get uh, what God has therefore done. So marvelously, marvelously stated that God has presented Christ as a propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation is the very centre of New Testament teaching, that there on the cross, the wrath of God was poured out on our Lord Jesus Christ. He entered everything that hell is so that we would never know what it is like. That's what was happening on the cross. He bore sin. And for that reason, those who are in him are forgiven sin. We're justified. That's the great word that that Paul uses. So um, at the end of chapter 3, we get what God accomplished on the cross through Jesus Christ, the sin bearer, who took all that for me. Then chapter 4 gets into how do I get related to Jesus Christ? And the answer is through faith. And Paul goes back to Abraham and says, well, Abraham had faith. Fascinating. Abraham had faith looking forward to Jesus. We have faith looking back to Jesus. But it's Jesus is the one in whom we put our faith and is the one deliverer. Then chapters 5 through 8 are really getting into what is ours when we have faith in Jesus. Begins chapter 5, being justified by faith. We have peace with God. Um, uh, We are brought into a right relationship. Uh, We're set free from the law. We're in a new position. Sin shall no longer be your master. That's Romans chapter 6. And then Romans chapter 8, of course. um, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then uh, as Paul reviews everything that God has done for us in Christ, he ends up saying nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Chapter 9 to 11 takes us into a fascinating Um, a glimpse of the sovereignty of God in history, that the gospel wasn't a new thing that God invented. It goes back to the promises of Abraham, and God knows what he's doing throughout the history of the world. And then from chapter 12 uh, through to the end of the book, we have the application um, of the gospel in the practicalities of the life of a Christian believer. Therefore, in the light of all of God's grace, Uh, in the light of the gospel, let us now present our bodies as living sacrifices, uh, which is the right thing for us to do. That's what worship is all about. And that is applied in personal relationships, in the church, living as a Christian in the state. Um, You've got the whole of the Christian life. This is the most marvelous book to set out an understanding of the gospel. Not just something that I believe in order to go on and say, now I believe it, but the power of the gospel. When I embrace this Christ by faith and this Christ embraces me, we're talking about life-changing and eternity-changing power. That's Romans. Amen. 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 You know, the, the book of Romans kind of reminds me of Grandma's Well. When I was growing up down south in Virginia, my grandmother lived on the side of the, the Russell Fork River. Amen. And she had one of those wells. It was one of those typical uh, wells, it, you know, you had the hole in the ground, you had the, the framework for the hand crank before you dropped the bucket down. They even, she even had a, a, a dipper hanging on, on up there so that you could, on a hot summer day, you could crank that bucket up there and you could take that dipper and stick it down in that ice cold water and get you a, a big dose of refreshment. Amen. Reminds me of that old uh, Williams Brothers uh, uh, tune. Remember the gospel, gospel song of Williams Cooling water, cooling water. 
I can't sing it like they, they can sing it, but <laughs> amen. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can identify with that song because my grandmother had a well. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's like the book of Romans. You can keep dropping your bucket down in there and you just get a get an ice cold, uh, uh, refreshing uh, dose of, uh, of the word of God every time. Amen. So there's a lot of stuff uh, to this book. And we're lucky tonight. We only got three questions. Amen. Amen. Lord. So well, let's go into our questions. Uh, I'll just read the, the, the head. It says, perhaps the most important verse in the book is found in uh, 117. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Have you ever had a time that you felt uncertain in your walk with God? Have you ever felt like, I don't even know if I'm saved or not. Have you, have you, have you felt that way that I've messed up and I don't even know if I'm saved anymore? Amen. No, the righteous live by faith. Amen. Even when you don't feel, uh, even when you don't feel saved. Amen. Because listen, you can't feel your way to heaven. You got to faith your way to heaven, right? Amen. You, you start, you start going by your feelings. Your feelings will lead you wrong every time. Amen. You got to live by faith. You got to trust in what thus saith the word of God and not what the devil's saying, not what your flesh is saying, not what the world is saying, not what your neighbor's saying. Amen. You got, you got to trust what the word of God says. That will lead you home. Amen. Praise the Lord. But question one says, Paul uses the word faith 40 times throughout this book. How would you define the word faith? Uh, Brother Ernie, what, what is faith to you? Right. Amen. And that's uh, interesting because sometimes a bank is called a trust. Yeah. You know, bank, uh, you know, uh, first, first uh, city bank and trust. Amen. Amen. Banks are nothing to, to trust in. Amen. Uh, Liz, you got a different, uh, anything uh, interesting on, on, uh, on what faith is? Amen. Well, uh, that brings up a good question. What's the difference between belief and faith? There's a difference between belief and faith. Because belief, I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Belief can be mental assent or mental acknowledgement. You know, I believe there is a God. But do you believe that he's going to work for you? Do you believe that he's going to save your soul? Do you believe he's going to heal your body? Do you believe that he's going to uh, make your finances uh, work out some, some, some way? Even when you, when you got more week left over at the end of the money? Amen. Do you believe that God's going to do it for you? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, but with God, you have total trust in Him, and your belief is based on that trust. Amen. So if you trust God, even though things look bad, I, I, I just know I, I trust Him. And I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know when it's going to work out. But I believe He'll work it out for me in His good time. Amen. Amen. And all I need to do is hang on and stay in the faith and, and, and trust Him. Amen. The Lord. Anybody got anything else on, on, on? Just believing without seeing and knowing without faith. Amen. 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 Now, there is a proof, but it's it's not a visible proof. Amen. Uh, what uh, 11, uh, uh, Hebrews, I mean, yeah, Hebrews 11 and 1. For faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. 
Right. I didn't say it a minute ago, but I, I've known some uh, some sinner people that were a good person and probably a, a better human being than a lot of church people I know. But the church people are saved, and God's working on them. And they and, and tomorrow they won't be what they were yesterday. Amen. Amen. But the sinner is still lost. Amen. Because he has not put that trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, amen. Faith is what it's all about. Faith, amen. The just shall live by faith. Brother Bob. Has anybody ever experienced uh, that conflict of here I am, I'm supposed to be a Christian, I'm supposed to be perfect, I'm supposed to walk on water, I'm supposed to do everything just right, and then you have a bad day and you're messed up, and then you kind of feel guilty going back and asking God for forgiveness again. Has anybody ever, ever had that conflict play out in your head? You know, and... I don't know, uh, maybe I'm, uh, I'm a slow learner sometimes, and it's only been recently that I've come to terms with the fact that I'm broken and that I'm not going to do it right every time. doesn't mean that I'm not obligated to try, amen, but I've come to the, uh, come to the you know, just the realization I'm broken and I need God to, to make it through to the other side, Amen. I remember when I was uh, young in the Lord, I was probably a two or three year old Christian. Uh, I had, uh, in fact, I, I just, I was still a newlywed. I went on a seven day fast because, you know, I'm spiritual. <laughs> and uh, I went on a seven day fast, man. And, I, and I, I got through it on the seventh day of the fast. Amen. I decided I'm going to go to church and pray and well, well someone was at the church and so they were using the church and playing music or something and so I really couldn't get in there and play uh, to, to pray my wife was with me and and I was just uh, fit to be tied here I'm super spiritual Dave uh, uh, on a seven-day fast amen and then me and the wife well I actually is me just got in this big old argument <laughs> and uh, and it took me a few years to figure out that uh, that seven-day fast, it did produce some good results. It showed something that was in me that I didn't know was there. Amen. 
It, it, it showed me what I was really made of, amen, without God, amen? <laughs> so, so we can't make it on our own, and we can't make it by our own works. It, it is faith, amen. Let's go on to question two. Uh, very early in this letter, verse 15, Paul writes of Jesus, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. Let that, uh, it's like uh, when Elon Musk took over uh, Twitter, he walked in the front door with a, a bathroom sink in his hand. And he said, let that sink in. Amen. It, it, was a, it was a visual pun. Amen. But let that sink in. The obedience of faith. Amen. If you believe it, you're going to do it. Amen. We believe, we do what we believe. No matter what, you might, be, you might be saying something and do the exact opposite. And you do the exact, exact opposite because that's what you believe. We don't always do what we say. We do what we believe. Amen. So how might faith and obedience be connected? Liz, how is faith and obedience connected? Right. Amen. Praise the Lord. What the, was it James says, works without faith, or I mean, faith without works is dead being alone. Amen. Uh, show me, uh, show me your faith by your works or, and uh, show, show, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen. Now I didn't, I didn't get saved by my works. I got saved, and because I'm saved, I have works. I, you know, works of righteousness. Uh, you know, uh, I try to do better. I try to deal honestly. I try to uh, help people. I try to, you know, help people in a bad situation. And, you know, so the works come after the salvation. Amen. And so uh, a lot of people, and I've gotten it wrong, you know, thinking I had to work my way to heaven. Amen. Well, that's not the way it works. But I work because I love Jesus. And I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. So he demonstrated his love first. And because he demonstrated his love, I answered. Amen. And so did you. Amen. That's, that's why you love Jesus, because he first loved you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Someone uh, got another uh, insight on how faith and uh, obedience is connected. Anybody? Go ahead, bro. Jesus said. Right. Mm -hmm. The reason that on the 
revelation that he said. So the right. original base was manhood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't obey because we really don't have the faith for it. And, and our, our obedience shows our faith. Right. Why are we sitting here? Because we believe that, that this is making a difference, that Jesus is real, that he's real in our life. I believe it has sparked a behavior Amen. based off of our faith. And so they're inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. Um, when you believe and have faith, it's going to produce some type of action. Amen. You know, sometimes, it, you know, that's a good point, because sometimes it's not easy to obey. I mean, uh, sometimes uh, people can uh, put you in a bad uh, position, you know, uh, look the other way on this, and, you know, uh, like someone wants to do something underhanded, and they don't tell anybody, you know, you know, or, or you know, they, they try to get you involved in their, their dirty deed, you know. Sometimes it's hard to make a stand uh, for your, you know, for your Christian, uh, for your Christian character. Sometimes people will want you to go along with their, uh, their evil deed. Amen. And some, you know, sometimes it's hard to stand up. And and so you got a choice to make. You know, do, do I make a stand or do I just go with the flow? Uh, do I don't rock the boat? To, you know, or do I trust God that even though if I rock rock the boat and I, uh, you know, uh, have have people, uh, uh, I'm looking for that word, but uh, it's not coming to me. But <laughs> uh, you know, retribution against me uh, because I did the right thing. You know, you know, they'll, they'll punish me uh, for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Well, if you really trust God, then you'll go ahead and obey, and you know, you'll let Him. Uh, shield you uh, from the persecution. Amen. But it's important to uh, obedience. Amen. Is a direct reflection uh, of our faith. Praise God. Let's uh, go to uh, uh, question three. In the key verse, uh, verse 17, Paul writes, As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And here he refers to Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, verse 4. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. The New Testament books of Galatians and Hebrews also quote 
this Habakkuk uh, passage, are you surprised to find out that this theme of faith has Old Testament roots? If you're surprised, why? Anybody ever think, wow, faith in the Old Testament? I thought they were works and all about the law and stuff. Faith was important in the Old Testament too. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Especially with the uh, what 1.2 million people that standing behind him. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So. So, so basically, you could say that uh, faith is transcendent between covenants. And it's like a lot of things uh, of God. His love, the love he had in the Old Testament, the same love he has in the New Testament, the same ways uh, he ha had in the Old Testament, the same ways he has in the New Testament. He just has d a different covenant for us. And, and we learned in Hebrews, it's a better covenant, Amen. built on better promises. Amen. Amen. Built on a better sacrifice so uh, a lot of things are transcendent you know uh, the nature of God and, and all those all those things but faith was important to God in the Old Testament it's important to him uh, for us to have it you know in the New Testament as well praise God uh, anybody else uh, got some some insight on that want to I got a question for you. How many people in the Old Testament were saved by the law? <laughs> How many people in the Old Testament were their sins washed away by the blood of bulls and goats? The old, now, there were people in the Old Testament saved. 
Because uh, we look, we remember, remember we were back in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11, the hall of heroes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Those people, uh, they overcame and, and they were saved by their faith. Amen. They were under a different covenant, but faith was still necessary. Amen. The blood of bulls and goats just pushed, the, pushed everything ahead for when Christ's uh, sacrifice could take over and wash it all the way clean. So, uh, so uh, basically, even though they were Old Testament, they were saved by the blood of Christ because they had faith in what God had said. And they were waiting for the Messiah. Amen. We're on the other side of that. Amen. The Messiah has already came. Our, the blood is already available for us. Amen. So praise God. Amen. We have better promises, better sacrifices. We have, oh, it, it's a better covenant all around. It's trust and believe God. Amen. Brother Ernie. Amen. Amen. And that's the proof of Hebrews finishes out the story. If you read it right there, it looks very barbaric. Yeah. When you get to Hebrews, it says that he believed if he even had to kill his son, that God was able to bring him back. To right. Amen. That, is, that is super right. That Amen. And another verse says, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted or credited to him for righteousness. Amen. Going back, circling back to the righteousness of God. Amen. It it wasn't, God didn't accredit him with the righteousness of man. God credited him with God's own righteousness. Amen. Like I said, it's not a fair trade, but I'll take it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is 758. We got two minutes left. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Brother Bob, you got something else to say? Amen. Amen. Amen, Pastor Willie. Uh, you can have the you can have the last uh, last stand and closing comments. And <laughs> well, everybody, give Brother Dave a hand. That's, that was, that was excellent start. Yeah, excellent start. We had a had a wonderful teachers meeting um, last night, and I, I expected no less. Uh, actually, it ran. Uh, we went through 18 verses of Romans, and it took us what an hour. It was packed that full. So. Uh, and Brother Ernie is starting next week with Romans 1, 1 through 17. So if you haven't read it, read it. There's a lot in there. Uh, the main thing we want to do first is as we go through Romans is to establish the righteousness of God. Because we have a generation that says only God can judge me. But we really they don't really don't mean that. What they mean is I don't want you to judge me. And who is anybody to judge me? And so what we must do to help people come to Christ is realize not to set yourself to the standards of men, but to set the case that God's righteous and his standard is here. And it doesn't matter what the pastor does, this is still his standard. And we have to meet that standard. And because we can't meet that standard, I'll go ahead and give a spoiler alert. He's put, he said, behold the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So the only way you can be made right with God is to completely trust in Christ and give up yourself. How many of you know this? I just thought about this. Do you know trying to be saved by works is rebellion? Mm-hmm. Trying to get to heaven by being a good person and doing good stuff, that's rebellion. Because what you're saying is, I'm good enough to get myself in if I just do enough works. Mm-hmm. I don't need God. 
Isn't that what Adam and Eve did? We'll follow other people's advice. So although it's counterintuitive, it is important for us if we're going to walk how God wants us to walk, not to walk in rebellion, but to walk in humility and say, I can't save myself. I need you to save me. You make up the difference. When he was saying that, I just stopped there and I said, you know what? That's rebellion. And that's what almost every religion in the world does. Um, if they, if you go to a sociology class, they'll tell you mankind seeks to answer certain questions. Who am I? Where am I going? Where will I go when I die? Why am I here? All those questions. And every religion you go to seeks to find a way to be able to become uh, right with God or a higher power by your works. If you're a Hare Krishna or a Buddhist or whatever, you try to reach nirvana. And all these things, and you never are able to reach it. We have the only faith that says no matter how much you try, you can stop trying and put your faith in Christ. And he'll make up the difference. That's powerful. That's powerful. No more guilt, Brother Ernest. No more shame. And if any of us have lived more than five minutes, we got some things we're ashamed of. <laughs> some things that we will take to the grave. But guess what? You don't have to take them to the grave because you took them to the cross. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the cross of Christ. I'm not going to preach it. We've had a great night, and we're grateful for everybody and all the people who've come, and welcome to all, and hope that we continue to grow. Invite somebody. I talked to the teachers last night, and I, I, I admonished them, hey, invite five people to Bible study in the church every week. Somebody you haven't invited before which means don't just go to the person that you know is going to say no, and I've invited them three times already. But I can say, I checked the box, Pastor. I, I invited You knew that wasn't coming. That doesn't count. You got to invite somebody else. <laughs> invite somebody. Invite a person off the street. Just a simple, hey, uh, we'd love to see you. Something kind and things like that, working on the project to where maybe uh, your clothing can do what you can't if you're bashful. We'll, we'll find ways to witness and all sorts of things. So grateful for you. Grateful for everybody here who's come tonight. Um, got some some guests and family at the same time. I'm not gonna call you out because I don't want you to embarrass you because I don't want I want you to come back. So uh, we're so grateful to have you here and hope hope to see you again. Uh, any questions? Any comments before we go? Anything? Austin, that blessed me. You did what was uncomfortable and your answer blessed me and I'm proud of what you did because you did something out of your comfort zone. Thank you. Austin didn't want to talk in front of people. That that was a good thing. Thank you, sir. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. Uh, and I think they got some stuff going on downstairs. Please be in prayer. Uh, we're happy to have Sister Stella back. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, we had prayer session from 6.30 to 7.00. Um, I know I was about to announce something for Gail Ghost and for Victor's mom. that we can put it on and we'll try to get that up. Uh, Robin, if you can get that up uh, in the leaderboard to be in prayer for that. Uh, I, and also Stephen Shirley Wilson, Brother Archie McLaughlin, uh, Sister Mabel Hicks Evans. Uh, I hate to start calling because then I'm going to forget some because I just turned 42, so it, it, just, it keeps going further and further the other way. Uh, <laughs> but for all of those who need prayer, good to see you back there, Tim, for Tim that will continue to uh, be praying for them. We're so grateful for those things to make sure that we keep in prayer. I'm so glad for the intercessions that you guys have been doing. Uh, so we're going to go to God in prayer uh, and pray that God move in these situations. And for those of you who may be listening online later or if you're not uh, looking right now, we want you to know that this study, we want you to come on in with us. If you want to book, let us know. We'll get you here. We want you to grow with us. Family grows together, and Acts says that daily they fellowship together with the breaking of bread and the fellowship uh, and fellowship and prayer and the word of God. This is what worship really is. Uh, and so these are two vital things. We're so grateful for that. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we thank you uh, that you are a healer and a restorer. And Lord, we said, blessed are you, God, our king of the universe. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Blessed are you, Lord Jesus. Because your blood has given us access 
to the throne of grace. God, we thank you that you hear us when we pray. And Lord, right now we ask, Father, for those who might not have the ability or the strength to pray for themselves. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you cover them and let your healing virtues flow to them. For Gail Jost and strength to Miss Sister Mabel Evans and strength to Brother Archie McLaughlin and, and peace to Sister Cynthia McLaughlin and, 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 and rest to Brother Bruce McLaughlin, God, in the name of Jesus. And for Sue and Norty Gilman and Steve and Shirley Wilson, God, we ask for your blessings on those things, God, and to continue, Lord God, to build up uh, build up Sister Stella and for, for Victor's mother right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for her health and her healing. And I pray that you bless this class and this church and that we grow in grace with you. Oh, God, I'm so thankful to you, and I'm so grateful to be able to be here. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for dying for us and giving us a right to your tree of life, God. We're so grateful for that, and as we leave this place, I pray, Lord God, that you bless everyone under the sound of our voice, Lord God, either in this room or, Lord God, across the airwaves by podcast later or however they're getting it, God. Lord God, that that something will be sparked in their heart to say, I want to know you more. Draw them, Holy Spirit. Draw them to you, Lord God. Let your will be done in the earth and send to us laborers into the harvest, Lord God, for the fields are ripe. And we give you praise and thanks. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.